This episode of the Fresh Start Family Show is brought to you by our Quick Start Learning Bundle, how to build a compassionate, firm, and kind discipline toolkit that works with kids of all ages. Head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to grab your Quick Start Bundle so you can get going today on building up a strong, compassionate, disciplined toolkit in your home. Well, hey there, I'm Stella. Welcome to my mom and dad's podcast, The Fresh Start Family Show. We're so happy you're here. We're inspired by the ocean, Jesus, and rock and roll, and believe deeply in the true power of love and kindness. Together, we hope to inspire you to expand your heart, learn new tools, and strengthen your family. Enjoy the show! Well, hey there, families. Welcome to today's episode, Terry and I. Are so pumped, pumped because so pumped because we are sitting here with one of our favorite human beings on the planet, Susie Walton, founder of Indigo Village, extraordinary author and positive parenting advocate and mother and friend. I always say Susie is like a mix between. I feel like you're part like my sister, part like my mom, part like mentor, part like. Just what have I left? You can't put Susie in a box. (laughs) Part like like my my athlete mentor that I look up to that like still kicks my butt in the ocean when we ocean swim together. And I just love you, and I'm so happy that you're here. So thank you. Yeah, thank you for joining me. So today, families, we are going to be talking about raising athletes. And um, Susie's joined us um, with her niece Gabby, who's here too, who's going to be adding some great discussion. um, Some you know great points to our discussion because Gabby is 18 so she kind of represents um you know and it's your you're an adult now right but you've just recently (laughs) been a kid (laughs) so thank you for being here Gabby of course thank you yes all right Susie so if let's um so listeners I'm gonna have Susie introduce herself here but what we're gonna really talk about when it comes to raising athletes today is um why it's so three points so number one is why it's so beneficial to get your kids into sports um but at the same time point number two we're going to talk about how it's a fine line right to balance our involvement and our so-called encouragement of their sports um there's a lot we're going to talk about there and then number three we're going to talk about the long-term benefits gabby is going to really speak to what it's been like to be um, an athlete a kid who's been um really involved in soccer for um, since she was four. So we're going to have a great discussion around around it all, but let's start off with Susie having you introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit more about what you do. Tell us about Indigo Village, what you teach, and um, just give our listeners a little FYI of, of okay. you are amazing, your amazing self. <laughs> so I'm Susie Walton, and I've been running parenting seminars for over 25 years now. Um, I initially got into this whole parenting business. My boys were becoming teenagers. I have four sons, and they also were four athletes. And I found that the older they got and the bigger they got, and they're all six foot eight, so they're big guys, (laughs) the more I would yell. And it got to that place where eventually they nicknamed me Brubaker, which is a great Robert Redford movie, but Brubaker is a prison warden. And they thought that was (laughs) hilarious. If I started yelling, they'd go, Brubaker! And I'm like... This is not funny. You know, or sometimes they dogpile me if I was yelling a lot. And they're like, we're not letting you up until you smile. I'm like, I am not smiling. This is not funny. Like, I, you know, so I find like, I need help. I was like going crazy. They're all becoming teenagers. And I was like, 
what am I going to do with teens? And you're a single mom at the and time, And I'm a single right? mom. Yeah. And I'm like, this is going to be insane for everybody. So I found out about parenting. And um, the first course I used to teach was redirecting children's behavior, right? And it, it, it just saved me. And my boys are like, you don't need parenting classes. You're fine. And I'm like, no, I'm crazy. <laughs> they're like, no, you're so entertaining. I'm like, I'm not. I'm crazy. <laughs> so I started teaching it. And, um, you know, it just, I, it, it just worked. That positive yes. parent. I, for me, they were fine. Yeah. I'm the one. I stopped yelling. And that right. was like my biggest. I'm like, if I'm raising my kids as my very best friends, which they are, and I have a, a myth in here how important it is to have your kids be your friends. And, and you're referring, she's referring to her book called Key to Personal Freedom, How Myths Affect Our Family Lives, which is incredible. So Thank you. So, yeah, and the whole idea is like, how am I, I would never treat friends like I treat my kids yelling and, you know, yeah. blah, blah, blah. So that's the part, you know, that tuned in and toned up. And so then I had four teenage sons at the same time. And we actually, it was amazing. Like I, the, the, the part of teen years, I got me real scared was when they're out in the world on their own but at home I didn't have any of those kids being rude to me or anything and we just liked each other and we yeah. still do and now they're all married and they all, I have nine little grandbabies and I just mm. keep teaching this course because it's just so near and dear to me and, and it's a constant reminder for me how I want to live my life as a parent or as a grandparent or as a mentor as any as a human yes and so that's what got me going on that and it's whole business around athletes like because I had four kids through that world of athletics i've seen some crazy stuff out there yeah and i feel personally that it's getting crazier parents who just love their kids too much in the realms of what i mean by that is doing too much for them and it's insane what it's looking like in the world of sports right now because sports is a beautiful thing and kids need to know their bodies and be an, an athlete in whatever form yeah but I feel like there's a, that, that fine line, there's a lot of parents that are stepping over that to the other side of doing too much for these kids. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to talk about all that. And listeners, um, just so you know, so Susie is who I studied under for, gosh, this had to have been like six years. I mean, I still study under Susie because Susie's also an instructor for Your Infinite Life, which is that personal development company and and just the most beautiful work ever that you hear Terry and I talk about all the time. Listeners so, will remember Pam, Pam Dunn as a guest, so that's, uh, that's yep, what we're referring to. We've had to. Pam Dunn on a few times, who's the owner of that company, and Susie's a teacher of that work too, so I still study with Susie. Um, however, she's really who, you know, trained me on all the parenting stuff you guys hear me teach you guys. So um, it's she's just a wealth of knowledge and her coursework through Indigo Village and her book um, is just pheno- a phenomenal resource. And we'll make sure we, we plug all those in the show notes and, and we'll have her speak to those in the end. But yeah. All right. Let's get into our three kind of core little su- um, subtopics today. All right. So Susie, talk to us about um, the importance of sports and how specifically it's so good, I think, for all kids, but especially if we have kinesthetic kids. So, Susie, mm. you were the one who taught me about kinesthetic kids eight years ago when we had this wild little toddler, and we were like, she won't stop moving. And she was like the hitter, the kicker, the biter, the pusher, the, the tackle hugger. The, um, <laughs> the tackle hug. I forgot yeah. about the tackle oh my hug. Gosh. Yes. Every time at gymnastics class, because speaking of, this is a great little story. I had her in gymnastics class at two and a half because, you know, she needed to learn how to 
be in a, a sport with other children and sit down when she was told. And, and it, I just remember watching her behind the glass and trying to multitask when I was working corporate on my little device and just watching her like be so excited to see her buddy and, and she couldn't sit still. And to hug her, she would tackle her to the ground and then she'd get in trouble. <laughs> and then like, I was just like, this is so stressful. But so anyways, talk to us about the importance of sports and um, also how extra important it is for these little kinesthetic kids who just need to move their body and are just movers and shakers and doers. All right, so there's basically three styles of learning. So we've got the auditory learner who learns best by listening. We have the visual kids that learn best by seeing. And then we have those kinesthetic kids that learn best by doing. So if this was like a fifth grade class right now and we were studying the pioneers going across the plains, you auditory learners out there would learn all about the pioneers through me reading you a story. You visual learners would learn best about these pioneers if I showed you a movie about the pioneers going across the plains. But you kinesthetic kids out there would learn best if we turned the whole room into the plains and you became the pioneers. You would never forget the story. Kinesthetic kids need to move to process anything. And you can, you know, a kinesthetic kid can be going all over the room. You're like, Wendy, stop it. Are you listening to me? And you'd like, yes. Like, what did I say? And you would say verbatim exactly what I told you. Mm -hmm. Because you're moving. So you're, everything's working for you. Which for an auditory person, you're like, uh, what? But, you know, in the sit classroom. Still. Yeah. <laughs> the teachers love auditory learners because they sit like little Buddhas in the class and they take in the information. And it's wonderful. It's the kinesthetic kids that are getting in a lot of trouble at school. Yeah. And being told to sit still, yeah. which is the worst thing we can do for them. Right. So anyways, like these hitters, kickers, and biters, they're so often being labeled as aggressive. And mm -hmm. I'm always saying, your kid's not aggressive, they're kinesthetic. Yeah. You know, they bite, they kick, they hit when they're mad. Yeah. And then we say, use your words. And they should say, why should I use my words? Right. I just showed you how mad I was. Now you want me to tell you about it? Like, right. You know, it makes no sense to them. And of course, they need to learn how to transition yeah. To, uh, over to expressing themselves without the hitting and biting, but it's a transition and they're not aggressive. It's yeah. their mode of expressing. So moving that into the world of sports, these kids thrive on the sports field. They thrive in the ocean. They, you know, you can have a kid that can't sit still for a second in the classroom. You put them down at the beach and have them build a sandcastle. They're, they're locked in. Yeah. Because it's very, there's movement involved and they're, out, you know, and they're outdoors, which is medicine for all of us. Yeah. So the thing is, you want your kids in sports. You want them to be moving. I remember one time I had this kid, his mom brought him to see me. He was a 14-year-old. I don't know, he had a C on his report card or something. And he was this diehard surfer. Yeah. And she took surfing away from him. Mm. And by the end of the session, he had surfing back. Right. Because I told this, she said at the end, she told her 14-year-old son, you should be paying for this session. <laughs> You're surfing, and I'm not really happy with this whole thing. But, you know, as I told you, you don't take something out of, especially from a kinesthetic kid. Yeah. You don't take a sport away. You don't tell them they can't go surf. You don't, you can't, you don't tell them they can't go shoot hoops outside. They need it. Like, that's, that's their nirvana. That's where they, they settle in. Right. You know, yeah. so it's They're really important that these kids have some kind of outlet and when we talk about athletes right now, you might be thinking, my kid's far from being an athlete. We're not talking about being a pro player. Mm -hmm. We're not talking about scholarships here. We're talking about a kid that learns to be comfortable in their bodies. 
Dan yes. Millman, the author of Peaceful, um, The Way of the Peaceful Warrior, he talks about this like it, it's a mastery, and you want to, but you want to start young kids in a realm of an area where everything is at their size. Like you know, mm. like you're talking about gymnastics, it's fine for little kids because they're learning to use their bodies on pieces of structure that fits them and not something huge, right? Yeah. Or I was just saying, we had a bunch of our my grandkids were just in Hawaii with me, and we had a, a whole slew of three and four and five and six year olds. And eight-year-olds, like, in the ocean for two weeks straight almost, or at least yeah. a week, bodies, to just getting to know their bodies in the ocean. Awesome. And I got a note from my daughter-in-law the other day saying it, it was a, one of my dreams is to have their daughter know the ocean because she's from the Midwest. Mm-hmm. And she said, in the end of that week, you could just see it in her eyes. She's got the bug. And she's comfortable in the water, you know. So it's a matter of them learning how to know their body, feel their body, and use their bodies. Yes, that's such a great point. I was just um, talking to a friend a few weeks ago, and she was saying how it's hard because her son's not really, like, wanting to do soccer or football or basketball, and they've tried a few times, and I hear this from a lot from parents, and it's awkward because they don't want to push him, but yet they want to, like, get him exposed to this stuff. And then she did say, she was like, but he loves to surf, and he loves to swim in the ocean, and I'm like, that's right there. That is what we're talking about. We're not talking about getting your kids in organized sports, so to speak. I mean, we're just talking about exposing them to, like you said, using their body and getting something, even if it's like just going down to the soccer field every week and and kicking the ball together as a family, like some type of like, hey, this is an outlet, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, um, well, there's probably lots of different motivators for parents to like want to get their kids into sports. Some of it might be like the competitive nature of it. Um, Some of it might just be like, gosh, I need them to be in an activity so I can get the rest of my stuff (laughs) done Um, and and everything in between. And and maybe some of it, too, is like, you know, living through the kid. I I think there's a whole range of spectrum of like motivations for parents to get their kids into sports. But to your point is like, like get them to learn their body and what what also just feels right to them, you Mm -hmm. know, because I think that's just a a a gift to to give your kids is like get out there move around get dirty um if it's a team sport great and you learn how to do teamwork with somebody else great if it's not and it's just you versus nature that's great too you know but like yeah i feel organized organized sports is way it's 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 not that it's not that great guys (laughs) and i had four kids that go through organized sports it's not it's not the game changer what yeah. we're talking about here is your kids being comfortable in their bodies, climbing trees or, you know, jumping in the ocean, whatever, but not keep your kids out of organized sports as long as you can, yeah. because we have a whole generation right now of kids that are not self-directional. And one of the reasons is because we've been putting in classes since they were two or three. So from the get go, they've been having an adult tell them to move to the right, move to the left, do mm. this, do that. And there's no sense of how do I self-direct? And so, uh, yeah. keep on, you know, um, there's a great book called Positive Coaching by, I think, Jim Thompson. And he talks about um, the idea of, like, keeping kids out of sports as long as you can, organize. It only takes, like, three or two or three years to create a budding Olympian. Mm, you know, I like to use yes. my example of my son, Luke, who played in the NBA yeah. for 10 years. His first organized basketball game was at the boys and girls club when he was 10 years old and it was a snuffy program like wow. like this real low key 
the first time he ever played, but he had been bouncing a ball, shooting basketball since he was like two or three in his backyard with his brothers or just by himself. But it's yeah. not about getting, because once you stick, stick them in an organized sport, no longer are they free to be creative on what works for them. And, and I, you know, some people are out there, probably people who have organized sports, like, what are you talking about? Right. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Parents, you're spending way too much money on your kids. Right. And getting them in organized sports is too young of an age. One of the top swimming programs in the country, the coach, a huge success. She, she'll allow kids to be in the pool, but she won't allow a child to actually compete in a swim meet till they're like nine. Nice. Up until yeah. nine, if they're on the swim team, they're diving for rings or racing on boogie boards. Her whole concept, get them to know their bodies. And yes. that's what we're going to keep threading in here. Get them outside. Get them to know their bodies. But don't get so caught up in that organized support program yet. Yeah, and listeners, you know, this is, it's like, it's all cool to talk about, like, opinions and stuff. But Susie has such a wealth of knowledge because, like we said, she's raised four boys who are now men. One of them did become a professional athlete in the NBA and is still a professional coach to this day in the NBA. So what she's talking about is her personal experience combined with her her parenting education strategies. I mean, it's it's what you're saying is absolutely phenomenal because I get so many questions within my coaching program with the bonfire of like just this last week. I mean, a mom is so stressed out and embarrassed that her kid had a tantrum at this soccer development class and it's it's just trying for the family. They're all stressed out and they're thinking, what's wrong with my kid? He can't sit on the soccer field and, and do this class in this organized sports class. And it does, I see it within my membership program. It creates a lot of, of hardship. How old is um, he? He was two and a half. Oh, goodness. And then, yeah. And then here's another story. And oh I had the same, Terry and I have the same stories. Like Stella went to gymnastics class and we were always stressed out that she wasn't able to sit there and listen or she would do the tackle hugs. And then just this last, uh, uh, about a month ago, another bonfire member wrote in so distraught that her kiddo who's seven was on a flag football team or some type of football and um and there was tension amongst the teammates and and we're going to get into this next this is a good segue um but um a teammate's dad took him and um by the by the jersey slammed him up against the fence and told him that he was an a-hole kid that he was a bully and that he better watch out and change or else he was going to get it and so that opened up a whole can of worms Wait, that was someone else's dad Some, a, a, a dad. teammate on the football team dad did that, no right? a teammate's dad no. oh teammate's dad yeah. oh my gosh yeah wow. and this bonfire member was like flipping out and just um just just beside herself so and then she was very worried that it was creating like now her kiddo was going to school and she was worried that he was going to be aggressive so um let's segue i mean into parents involvement terry you want to say something yeah i got one more thing before you say so it's interesting so we're encouraging sports but at the same time cautioning on the team sports thing do you think you know and especially with luke's journey in it do you think it's because there he was able to find the love of the sport without there being the like somebody has to lose at age six he but goes, yeah. i'm going to be in the nba but, but, <laughs> yeah he, he knew it right typically in team sports especially it's like somebody has to somebody wins and somebody loses mm-hmm. but if you took that away for a little bit and and gave it sounds like he got his own foundation of like this just feels good yeah and then he got introduced the idea of like you're on a team Yes, and at the end there is a winner and a loser. But he was already like he was good, and I'm sure you you weren't like 
you have to win. Because I think depending on which right. si- which side of, you know, as a kid you, you end up on, you could be a great player, not a great player, but if you're not on the right team and you have a few losing seasons and everybody's hanging their head or there's hothead dads and moms or whatever around, it could just be a totally different experience than if just yeah. for some reason you end up on the, the winning team. And instead of just finding the love and, uh, and the, the See, learning. He's, he's a gamer. Luke's a gamer. This kid would play Parcheesi and play all four corners. Yeah. Right. And he knew he'd win and lose at the same time. If no one, he couldn't play, find someone to play board games, he'd set up four or five at a time. But, <laughs> and if he couldn't find one, he would just play them all, all, all places. He, doesn't, he still doesn't like to lose. He's still well, very he likes to. But the thing yeah. is, he, he learned because in Parcheesi or whatever game he was playing, he was going to lose three out of four. One, one of his people would win, right? <laughs> so some way he learned this, but he just loves games, right? And he he's always been that way. And another thing about this whole winning and losing, you, parents out there, you cannot put your kids in sports to think you're going to teach them to be competitive. I yeah. firmly believe your kids are either competitive or not. And mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to like get them. They're not. My oldest son, who's probably the most gifted natural athlete of all, right. had Zero ounce of competition. He played basketball and he played through college for the love of the game. And it would drive some of his coaches crazy because he didn't have that spark. But he right. didn't need the spark. He, he just played. So, you know, you don't be putting your kids in sports, too, because of competition. You're putting them in sports because there's, so there's so many more life lessons in playing a sport than winning and losing. Like the whole idea of just knowing how to get yourself back up when you do lose, right? They're just... And learning how to follow directions or learning how to step in and be a leader or a follower. I mean, there's just so much to, to it. Let's chat for a hot sec, openly and honestly, about what your discipline toolkit looks like in your home right now. If you're anything like most parents, you're relying on the hand-me-down set you inherited. Timeouts, spankings, threatening of spankings, taking iPads away, three, two, one countdowns, groundings, taking away toys, e-bikes, iPhones, any or all of those kind of tactics that create a total relationship strain and don't even work long-term to end your child's misbehavior for good. Meaning you might spank your child or send them to timeout today for being air quotes mean to their sister or disrespecting you. But then three days from now, they're repeating the same misbehavior, which causes you to flip your lid because you know they know better. I want to help you learn a new way so you could end the vicious cycle that's keeping you stuck as a parent and causing you to feel super frustrated that nothing is working to get your strong-willed, stubborn child to behave better. My team and I have recently completely refreshed our Compassionate Discipline Quick Start Learning Bundle to help you learn a new way to teach your kids important life lessons, a new way to help your children learn from their mistakes and take responsibility for their actions. You can just DM me the word shift over on Instagram. I'm at Fresh Start Wendy, and I'll personally send you a message with a link to download this free bundle. I'm going to help you shift out of a punishment mindset and into a compassionate discipline one where you fully trust that connection-based, firm and kind discipline tools are all you need to be a strong leader in your home who holds your kids responsible when they misbehave, but does it in a way where they are learning the vital life skills they are missing when they mess up. So again, just DM me the word shift over on Instagram. I'm at Fresh Start Wendy, or you can head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline 
Allen to grab your free bundle now. I am so excited for you to shift out of feeling guilty and shameful when you lay your head on your pillow at night and shift into feeling confident and proud of the way you handled yourself as a parent, even when you were wildly triggered and upset about the mistake your child made. Okay, I'm excited for you to dive into this free resource. I'll see you in my DMs and inside the free discipline bundle. Well, uh, beautiful, and and we and we're kind of intertwining so much about the parents involved Sorry, in here. No, no, that's a great this segue. Is good. Yeah. This is so we're so fired up. But what I, I just want to highlight something you said there. I get a you know a lot of questions from families I work with that are like, "Dude, my competitive kids driving me nuts." Just yesterday, we were coaching a sweet single mom, two kids. Her little eight year old is so competitive, and he, he freaks out. Right? Like, I mean, he just gets so angry. He's dipping down to some revenge behaviors with her, and she's just trying to figure it out. She's showing up. She's doing the learning. She's incredible. Um, but I love the what you said of like he's always been a gamer. So that me like to me, it's like these some of these kids just love the game, right? We got to point that out to them that. They're not broken. They're not wrong for wanting to win. They just love the game, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's what you teach them, that that's okay. And then we got to learn that all of this other stuff comes with it, right? The, 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 the losing, what do we do with that emotion? What do we do with that anger? I've heard you tell so many stories, Susie, about how you mentored your boys on learning to lose or... I, it's, well, it's I didn't amazing. do that well because I don't like losing either. <laughs> I but I remember don't. when Luke was in second grade, I went to a workshop with this teacher back in Boston, and she said, you should let your kids win board games because it'll help build their self-esteem. And I'm like, that just didn't even feel normal to me. Because, <laughs> yeah, you know, like, yeah. no. So at, from that point on, I'm like, Luke and I be playing a game of Monopoly or something or whatever you're playing, and, and I'm like, well, do you want me to let you win to help your self-esteem, or do you want me to go for it? Like, you know, <laughs> like your teacher said, or you want me to just go for it? And he goes, go for it. I'm like, okay, but if I beat you, you've got to, like, handle it, or we're done playing. Right. You know, oh, and so, that's cool. Yeah, so I mean, all my kids had to be trained how to back it off, but I feel like it worked because as much as they can't stand losing, they were never poor sports. They never got on fights on the court. You know, they never like just were mad and just beat up on, you know what I mean? Like they didn't yeah. like it and they would get quiet and take it in a little bit, but they, yeah. they it didn't get to that place where I had to take them off the court. Right. But you parents that have those little kids right now that are having tantrums on the court, Take them off and leave. They're telling you that emotionally they're not ready. Yes, yeah. You know, listen to them by their action, not what they're telling you. Oh, I love that. Great. So, so now we're, um, now. So we've talked about the importance of sports. Now it's like, okay, your kids are in sports. Now, as parents, you're involved. Oh, yeah. How do we? What what does being involved, you know, look like? Well, being involved looks like Gabby will tell you when she speaks about her parents. That's being involved, going to games, being there to support them, being over involved. Are you parents out there who are spending every last dime you've ever had on your kids, on their soccer, and their what it costs to have private coaches and all that in hopes of getting a scholarship? Mm-hmm. I always tell parents, quit doing all that and save all that extra money. Put them on a rec game where it's very cheap, very inexpensive, yeah. and save all that extra money for their tuition for college because most of your kids are not playing college sports. Right. Very few are. You know, and so save your money. Quit act, quit acting like your kid. Because if your kid is the next whoever, they're gonna make it regardless. Yeah. Michael Jordan didn't start basketball till he was a sophomore, and he didn't even Are make like a team. Me? No, I mean, and there's just these stories all over the place. If your kids got it, they've got it. 
You don't have to add. I didn't hire trainers for my kids. That would have been wacko crazy stuff, right? So it's just like, it's apparent. Like, I was at a game once, and my 12-year-old niece was playing soccer, and it was timeout, and one of her teammates yelled at her dad, Dad, throw me, throw me my water bottle. And he hopped up out of his chair, went and got his girls, and rolled it out in the middle of the court, and middle of, sorry, soccer field. And I'm just looking like, what? Right. This little... Twelve year old should be going over here and getting her own water, or just be thirsty. Like, right? That's not her dad's job. <laughs> or, yeah, this guy. Well, this right. one more thing, and then we'll move on. This thing just drives me crazy from the beginning. I don't know if you soccer kid people are doing this anymore, but back in the day, parents used to do the tunnel. And when my niece was twelve, who's now twenty five, I used to love that though. Good for you. <laughs> Most kids yeah. did because it's just more. You know why not? I mean, I think I would too as a kid. Yeah. But I'm saying, parents, stop. <laughs> it's their sport. You pay for them to be here. You're bringing them all snacks. You're making your, you know, you're ruining your Saturday by being there. Like your whole day's gone. And now you're gonna stand up at the end of the game and let them and do a tunnel for them. Let them do their own tunnel. Oh yeah, you know I what like I mean. That. Like what? Just back off a little bit. But imagine how the kids feel. <laughs> yeah, but see, it's a very that's the great thing because you're right. But it's very external. Kids right. are getting the, getting the, the the feeling the good feeling from a parent. It's rather than inside of themselves. So it's a or very fine line between external and internal. Mm-hmm. And that's and I'm glad you're saying that, Gabby, because that's what p- kids are like. Well, yeah, it feels good, right. but yes, feeling good is an inside job. Yeah, not because your parents are doing this tunnel. You know, we want to feel good because our parents even showed up. You know right. what I mean? Well, that's interesting because that's probably something that a lot of parents who think they're just being very positively supporting mm-hmm. within the sports community they're probably blind to it and because it seems to feel good for them and it seems to feel good for the kids yeah. so you're like it must be good right but you it sounds like it's like well you, unbeknownst to you you're kind of taking away one aspect of it that they could make their own tunnel they could start like feeling good you know and more motivated from within than being like oh my dad was here. And then, God forbid, maybe the parents that aren't there, the kid might be like, all the other parents are here, but mine, mine aren't. It's like, take it away completely, yeah. and it is their thing. Are you going to be like my niece Katie, who would look at me sitting over by the fence, and I'm like, what? I'm not standing up. <laughs> <laughs> but I would tell her, hey, I'm not standing. I'm not doing your tunnel thing. So just know I'll be sitting over here on the sideline watching you all do that tunnel. I told her. She so would funny. laugh. She'd look at me. I'm like... <laughs> I remember the only problem I had with my mom was she, when I was younger, she would cheer too loud. And I'd be like, Mom, I love you, and I love you so much, but that's embarrassing, you know? Right. She's a thick accent. She's screaming to me. I'm like, <laughs> she's like, oh, Gabrielle. And I'm like, but in, like, Romanian accent. So it's like, that's my mom over there, you know? There was but, no hiding who it no, was right no. now. <laughs> so I was like, you know? See, that's like, a great thing, too, that, yeah. you know? It's but it was, like, a cute yeah. embarrassment. Like, it wasn't, like, mad at my mom. I was just, like, a kid, and I was like, Mom, you're embarrassing me. Come on, now. Yes. I want to play soccer. But I remember my 14 years of playing soccer, I've seen lots of parents, and some of them, like, they want to live the life as their kids. Yeah. So they didn't grow up being an athlete, so they grow up watching their kids and living their life through them. Yeah. And sometimes it's too much, you know? You have to find that balance. Yeah, yeah, and that's so interesting, and and Susie, give us just a little sneak peek into, like, what is behind that? Like, that's, I feel like it's a little bit more like your infinite life coaching side of things. Bottom line, like, there's a great story of a dad who had, when he was a kid, his dad would never throw out, go out and throw baseball 
catch, you know, play catch with a baseball with her, his son, her, him as the boy. And he always told himself, when I'm a dad, I will be out there every day throwing balls with my son. He had, he gets married, he's got a kid who's eight or nine years old. And he, every come on kid, you know, son, let's go out and throw the ball. He's like, I don't want to throw a ball. I want to play Legos. And he, <laughs> he had, so he was so mad, like, oh, you have no idea what you're missing out on. Like, this is what I dreamed of. And so in that moment, you can see yeah. Where he was stuck, but you yeah. see it in all the sports. Mm-hmm. Those over-involved parents are normally the ones who didn't get to where they wanted to be as an athlete, so they're doing it through their kids. Like, you know, you if you look at the NBA, I just know NBA because of my kids' basketball, but if you look at the NBA players who are playing professional, mm-hmm. the ones who have dads that actually played in the NBA too, they're all, they're so grounded and they're not, you know, their parents just sit there like, my kid's dad, mm-hmm. he used to fall asleep during the game sometimes. <laughs> All the guys, like, you know, he, he what? Right. The, the adults who uh-huh. play these sports, they don't get crazy about it. It's the, it's, the, it's the ones who didn't get to play that are crazy. Yeah, who's the dad sp- right now that's nuts? Oh, uh, Ball. Uh, oh, LeVar. Yeah. His dad never played, right? Who knows what he did? I'm. Not, I'm not going to talk about. I don't think his that. dad was a player, right? Um, I don't know. I think that was, would be I an interesting. Uh, I think I heard he said he could beat Michael Jordan or someone on a one-on-one, or I don't know who he did. But that's a, you know, not that right. I want to talk about him, but yeah, yeah, yeah. that's another example of a very, like back in the day, it, it got to a point where parents would call high school coaches about their kids playing time or not playing, right? right. And that was like bad. Yeah. And then yes. it got to like now I heard like. Parents are calling college coaches, why aren't you playing my kid? Well, that man has now taken it into the world of professional sport, calling out the coaches or the team and saying, why aren't you playing, you know, you should be doing something different, why aren't you playing my son? You know, like, it's taken, and and it's a beautiful example of how parents have crossed the line and gotten way too involved, because that kid, his son, who plays on that team, is a really sweet good kid that just wants to play basketball right it's all he wants he just yeah. wants to play basketball you know yeah so he's learned just to let his dad be his dad but in general it's a great example for all you parents out there you know it's a fine line it's your kid's sport yes yeah you know go support him you know cheer him on but don't be the screaming lady or the screaming don't be screaming at the referees don't be screaming at the coaches yeah one of i have a friend who's 12 year old daughter was playing soccer and her dad was the coach and I asked her one day because I'm always asking kids their thoughts on this stuff and I go hey how's it to have your dad as a coach he goes she goes I love my dad being my coach I go that's great she goes but what I don't love is on the way home Mm. he nitpicks every mistake everything I did wrong it's it makes me not want to play the sport yeah and I'm like actually I have a friend um her name was Eris, so I grew up with her for a while. She, the best, like, best athlete ever, like, so fast. Like, she did track and soccer. Her grades were amazing. Um, but then later I found out that she would come home and her dad would literally pressure her every night. Like, mm. make her perfect. She was like, you have to get good grades. You can't do this. You have to do this. Like, and I remember one point, because this is actually a real story, he literally, like, ran her out. Like, she moved to New Mexico because, oh, and the same with her mom. Yeah, because you couldn't handle it anymore. It's yeah. Too much. yeah, too much. Yeah, it's like, too much. If you hold your kid to a certain standard, sometimes 
they can't do it anymore, you know? Yeah. Like, well, and, and I want to hear, like, because let's, so let's, Gabby, let's talk about the positive, the positive of growing up with sports and then some things that, like, you navigated that were hard, if you could just kind of think of both of those. But for me, I know growing up, I was a springboard diver my whole life, and it's cool talking about all this and reflecting on it because... Um, my parents were super supportive the whole time and never got over involved. And it was a beautiful experience as a diver. I didn't stay through college. Like I, I decided I'd rather hang out with the love of my life when I fell in love with Terry and I just was like <laughs> practicing six hours a day or hanging out with Terry. And I just, at like 16, I decided to, to stop diving to this day. I can still, I can still crank some out on the diving board. But you board, kept it in your life. Though. I kept it in my life. I did. I did keep it in my life. I can still go get on the diving boards and, and I you feel like. And turned it into a career. I did. I turned it into and, a career yeah. and um and I feel like I'm almost a stronger diver now. But but back to like my parents, it was so cool to now after this discussion look at that and they really they just they never did any of that and so it was just joyful my whole life. Like the the strife that I had or the challenges were all like internal. Like, yeah. you know, am I gonna win? Am I good enough? Like but I, I worked through it. That's part of the ben, you know benefits of sports is like you get to learn that kind of stuff. But but that was that's cool now realizing that 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 was a great experience because they but they they were there they supported yeah. me they would get mm-hmm. up at five a.m. and take me to the diving meets and be the cooker for the snack bar and the team manager or whatever without being like over involved so um, that was that was really cool so Gabby tell us about like after you know eleven years it sounds like so some from the age of four to sixteen you said you were four a soccer to player? seventeen four to seventeen so thirteen years thirteen years yeah. Um, Tell us what you think some of the benefits were, because I know what I, it seems like for me getting to the point where I was in high school and was really strong and good at something. I I had a lot of self-esteem from that. And now looking back as an educator of parenting, like knowing that a lot of our, um, like behavior is behind like the feeling of belonging, the feeling, feeling powerful. Like, I feel like I had those two things because of that sport. I felt powerful. I felt like I belonged at least in that setting. So do you see, like looking back, is there anything like that you see? No, for sure. Like I remember growing up, like when I look back now, like I had a good family. Um, sometimes organized sports can be good for people. They do like lead you. They can give you a sense of leadership in a way too. Like I think all organized sports do that actually. I know. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Yeah, it's a parent's like, I feel like way. it depends on the person, too. So, like, some right. people can just go out and surf. I mean, some people can go out and play soccer, and they have that team to lean on. Yeah. And that's what it's really cool, because I would come to practice every day. I had a second family, and that was nice. 12 people and then my coach. And I still look back at my coach, and he's, like, my idol, you know? Awesome, Stuff like that. yeah. So it's amazing, um, and I grew up, I have nice calves now. Thank goodness yes. for soccer. <laughs> yes, <me too>. <laughs> <laughs> I think I always had like a sense of athleticism from playing soccer my whole yeah. life. Um, first, I don't know if my metabolism was from soccer, but I remember I'd come home after a soccer game and I'd have not the six inch from Subway, but the 12. 12, yes! Because <laughs> <laughs> I could just do it, you know? I'd come yes. home every time and I'd be like, can I get my sandwich from Subway? Stuff yeah. like that. But That's cool. Um, I do look back at it and I loved it because I would always be tan, have some tan lines, you know, some right. little things like that. But there's also some negative things. Wait, I'll just. I love girls athletes. Yeah, we take it to the whole level. I think I don't know how many guys would think about that tan business, oh, no. but oh, that's what I was just that's thinking. Why, I, was that's like, why I think it takes a very special person to coach girls sports. Yeah, right. You yes. know, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. You wouldn't even think about it back then, but like now thinking about it, I was you know I was yes. living my best life. I had good friends. Um, one thing would be like I wouldn't have as many like hanging out with my friends during summer during the weekends because of soccer. 
Yeah. So it does take a lot of your time. It takes a yeah. lot of your parents' time too. So I look back at it and I'm so thankful. So if they were listening, I love you guys. <laughs> Aww, awesome. But it was just, you know, it was a lot. Like yeah. traveling all the time. Like I've been to Oregon, I've been to Vegas, I've been to a lot of places. So Families, I have a question for you. Would you love to be able to set really strong boundaries and rules with your children and then follow through with consistency and firm kindness? If yes, listen up. I have a program called the Firm and Kind Parenting Blueprint that I'd love for you to go check out. You can learn more over at freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash firm and kind. Inside of this quick, easy to finish program, I'll teach you four steps to really setting those strong roles, but then following through in a way where you're using connection and firm kindness. And what I'll teach you will actually cause your children to want to cooperate with you because they truly respect you and value the rule and the boundary and understand how it serves them, not just something that they have to do or else. And it's just an incredible feeling when you go to bed at night knowing that you followed through on the rules and the strong boundaries in your home without relying on hand-me-down parenting tactics like fear, force, threats, yelling, harsh punishments that really create usually fear in your household, right? We want our children to listen to us because they respect us and because they understand why being part of the team, cooperating well, respecting rules, all those things, why that feels good as a human being. We want to do those things um, in ways that cause our children to want to respect us, not just because they're scared of us or a consequence. And that's exactly what I'm going to teach you inside this program. So again, head on over to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash firm and kind to learn more. But in under an hour, this program will teach you some really effective strategies on how to create agreements with your kids instead of compliance statements, which is where a lot of parents go wrong and why their children don't end up respecting the rules or the agreements that they've made. And then I'm going to teach you how to use empathy. I'll teach you how to engage your kids' critical thinking skills when you tell them to do something and they say no. And then I'm also going to encourage you to understand how to empower your children. When children feel empowered, especially strong-willed kids, they will cooperate a whole heck of a lot easier. Okay? So I want you to go learn about this program and let me you know if you have any questions, freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash firm and kind. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, there are so, there really are so many benefits and it's just like anything else. You just got to be proactive with it and make sure you're intentional about it and then just catch yourself, right? As parents, when we're raising kids in sports, it's like, just be willing to catch yourself and go, oh, it seems like I've crossed the line a little bit here or all these things we've talked about. Be willing to just look at it and go, you know what? I don't think my kid's ready. He's having a tantrum at two and a half on the field or at seven. He's not able to handle it yet. So we're going to pull back for a little bit and we're just going to take a break for a season and then we can try again next season. Yeah. And then so, go hike Torrey Pines or something. It yes. doesn't mean they don't do sports. Yeah. It's just their own kind of sport, mm-hmm. right? Right, yes. There's so and, many little things like skateboarding yeah. or like little things, tennis or like weird golf. Like golf, you know? Like, <laughs> Do you know how many scholarships there are for golf? Nobody right. knows about it because nobody plays it. Right. So, like, you go in high school, you're good at it, you get a scholarship, full ride for college. That's awesome. Because it's, nobody knows, you know? Yeah. There's little things like that. I know. Uh, so, you, I love that you talked about your level of parents' involvement, you yeah. know, at the game, making sure you got there, you know? <laughs> they were always there for me. Your mom and dad, too, being there, being the cooks and being the team moms. I'm one of ten kids. I felt very supported in my sports because I was an athlete my whole life. But my kid, my parents 
rarely made it to a swim meet or a volleyball game when they did. I was over, I was like, oh my God, my dad's here. But my mom always made sure we had a ride. She'd find a carpool for us. Yeah. Because she just couldn't take it with 10 kids. But in that realm, I felt totally supported. But again, it was an inside. I feel like we're all talking, and probably you too, Terry, like that. It was an inside job. We we played the sport for the love of the game. Mm -hmm. And we weren't concerned about all this outside noise from our parents. And parents, if you're wondering, am I doing too much or not for my kid? Think of how you do friendships. Mm -hmm. I mean, are you always making sure all your friends have snacks and, you know, are happy and you're organizing everything for them? If you did or you do, you know you're exhausted out there. Right. And it's the same thing if you're doing that with your kids and their sports. I see these parents when their kids are high school kids or in college now. And they don't sit there and go, oh, thank you, mom and dad. For making sure my uniforms are washed and making sure my water bottle was filled, or they just expect their parents to keep doing it for them. Right. And the parents are like, all these times, yeah. all these years, I've done all this for you. I'm like, well, why did you? First of all, why were you doing all right. that for them? And now you expect like they don't know what they don't know. It's yeah. like the kid that didn't know it was important to have a dad throw a baseball every day. It's what they know in their world. Yeah. So just think of how you do friendships. Yeah. Because you parents out there who are being so overzealous when it comes to this sports thing. You're being too overzealous. You're doing too much, and it, it's t- it is not allowing your kids to have the joy, the internal joy of, of yeah. playing a sport. That's you know, it's as simple as that. Yes, and and one last thing, and then I want you to end us out with where we can find more of your goodness. But it's so awesome hearing from you too, Susie, because you still are such an inspirational athlete to me. <laughs> so you're on the volleyball court when you're not injured. Um, a few times a week, you're in the ocean, either body surfing or, um, you know, swimming. We, Susie and I swim to the, the pole here in Encinitas out in the ocean. Um, we try to swim a few times a week in the summer when it's warm. <laughs> um, but, I mean, you've kept it up, like, all these years, you know, and I think that's what we want for all of our kids. We're, we want them to have a lifelong care of their body, you know, and to be able to tap into that, right, and to not just have it be, like, Organize sports and then you're done because I think you've told a lot of great stories about how when you pressure kids and when you put too much like angst around it, whether it's a musical instrument or it's a sport, mm. you got to practice, you got to do this. A lot of times the joy gets lost and you're done. Once you mm. quit, you're not like staying with it. And so you are a beautiful model of like just, um, you know, doing what it takes to just make sure you find the joy in it because it doesn't matter if you're 20, 40, 60 it's still um, a beautiful process to make sure you're taking care of your body. And I see you, like, you're just like me. When you get injured, you're like, well, crap, I can't be on the volleyball court, but so we're getting in the ocean. Like, we'll, you'll do it, like... I haven't we'll enjoy- t- started Pilates this year. Right. <laughs> I've been so desperate for an exercise. Yeah. And I love Pilates now, but this is after years of people saying, you got to do Pilates. I'm like, I'm not doing an indoor sport. But right. I'm a Pilates now. Nice. <laughs> I like it too and I never thought I, I resisted for it. That indoor years. business, right? Yeah. But for kinesthetic yeah. people, we don't stop being kinesthetic as adults. Yeah. I can't just sit around and not do an exercise. It's it makes me really grumpy. Yes. Yeah. So it's like I it's so us kinesthetic people, that's why for you guys with those kinesthetic kids out there, get them to they don't have to be any scholarship people, but get them to know how to swim so they can swim their entire life. Yeah. Get them in the yeah. you know, especially for us that live in California, get them on the beach. Start bumping the volleyball just so they have it for the or riding bikes. Yeah. The things that they can do forever in a day, hiking, you know, they don't have to be top notch, but just right. the younger we can instill those kind of things in them, 
it becomes more of a lifelong. Yeah, because I do, I do, I do get a lot of families who are like, my kid's just an artist, or my kid, and I'm, and I'm always still like, and there's got to be something that you can help them get into that'll help them yeah. get on their bodies. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Yeah. I, I, I just, yeah, to encourage. I think in the end, we're trying to create healthy habits in our in mm. our kids, whatever those might be. And the sport is just another one of those things. And introducing them to something that they will hopefully potentially just love and do for the love of it. And if there's competition involved, yeah, sometimes it's um, somebody on the other side of it. But to try to keep that competition within themselves too, just to do better than they did the, the last day and not have it all be about the scoreboard or things like that too. Um, so that they want to just keep going and challenging themselves however far they're comfortable doing it. Because, you know, I think for you, Wendy, like you talked about springboard diving, you always, you acknowledge, I mean, yeah, you wanted to hang out with me and I, whatever. <laughs> you, you said you hit a ceiling. You said that there was a platform and there's a certain dive that you just became like, it wasn't fun anymore. That, yeah, the, like, the fear element for me. As soon as that starts like that. to happen and that becomes the thing that I have to do in order to stay in this sport, it was like, I, I'm that's not fun for me anymore. Yes. But you reinvented it in you also were a coach of kids diving and you were like, maybe I'll turn this into a business where I just keep doing that because that feels good. I'm still around the sport. I'm still doing the sport, but I don't have to do a two and a half off of a platform yeah. and risk, you know... Yeah, internal something. bleeding from going to the hospital, yeah. Exactly. Which I saw many friends do. So I think it's just, you know... Yeah, that's a good point. If if the intention could be more around, like, um, take this as far as you want, and hopefully that's your whole life, but it's at whatever level you want. It's like, you know, surf small waves. Do you have to surf the biggest wave? Do you have to go out and win the, the competition? No. Do what feels right. Mm-hmm. But try to do it for for your life so that... You know, that you're just going to stay moving. You're just going to, and it's going to fill you up and, and just yeah. benefit your whole life. Like in the end, it's going to be you on the field or yeah. in the pool. So it's, yeah. you have to make yourself happy, you know, yes, exactly. even if it's not playing that sport anymore. Like my last couple of years of playing soccer, I was definitely not playing for me anymore. It was for my dad. Mm, yeah. Cause you know, I mean, but he would totally support me if I quit. I just kept doing it for him. Right. Type stuff, you know, because he was so happy. He loved watching me play, taking pictures <laughs> yeah. of me every time. There are definitely like 10,000 pictures of me on that computer <laughs> right. at home because yes. he loves it every game. And I love it. Cause I can just look through it game Aww, by game, you know? Cool. Yeah. But yeah, once you acknowledge like, yeah. Hey, it's time. Yeah. I'm going like, to listen would, to myself now. I would still love to go play soccer on the field with him, you know, just for fun. But that's cool. Oh, I love it. And that's, and that's what Susie teaches us through the work you teach is really like what the, I think one of the key things we're talking about here is just this intrinsic motivation is teaching kids to listen to themselves, to find joy from within. Um, so Susie, tell us where, tell the listeners where they can find you, your website, your courses, your book, um, everything. Tell us, tell us where we can find you. <laughs> you can find me with Wendy a lot in the ocean. <laughs> After that, you can find me at Indigo Village. It's indigovillage.com. I run my parenting seminars, The Joy of Parenting, which Wendy is also certified to teach. Um, I have a great podcast called Hashtag Raising Athletes, nice. where we interview a lot of different people and how it was for them being raised in the world of sports and you know, if they have kids, how how's it going, you know, moving on down to their kids and how do they handle that whole, you know, athletic world. So, yeah, hashtag Raising Athletes, IndigoVillage.com or in the ocean at Moonlight Beach with Wendy Snyder. <laughs> <laughs> or with your grandkids. Or with my grandkids anywhere. 
remind my niece here. <laughs> you know, and and one that thing that Gabby was just saying about her dad. You know, like like the, you can just tell like she had the joy of soccer in you and. Your dad's involvement with taking picture was like a bonus. Mm -hmm. It wasn't the reason she played, but it was a bonus. It was like the icing on the cake. Yeah. But she was going to eat the cake anyway. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so parents, it's not enough. It's not a, I mean, I went to every one of my kids, not everyone, because I had a lot of them playing at one time, but at least a quarter of every one of my kids' games on the weekends. It's not saying you can't go and be there to support them. It's just that fine line. And I, I always like to use the guidelines. How do you do relationships? Yeah. Okay. It's like you want to keep it very balanced, whether it's your kids or your spouses or your friends. Yeah, which is a journey for us all. Yeah. And it's, that's something we all have to find. So, awesome. Well, thank you, ladies. That was thank such you. a good discussion. Thank Thanks for being here. <laughs> for more info and links about everything we talked about in today's episode, head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash 18. For more information, go to freshstartfamilyonline.com. Thanks for listening, families. Have a great day. All right, listeners, that's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it for you. As we wrap up here, don't forget to DM me the word shift or head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to grab your free discipline quick start learning bundle. You'll get immediate access to download our extensive learning guide where I'll share five ways you can ditch the old school hand-me-down punishment mindset beliefs and thoughts that are causing you to react like a volcano instead of respond like the firm, kind, respectful teacher you are at your core. And then you'll also get immediate access to my on-demand workshop where I'll teach you our three core Fresh Start family strategies that make up a strong, compassionate, disciplined toolkit, as well as my favorite logical consequences that not only work with kids of all ages, but do wonders to unite you with your child and strengthen your relationship, even in your kid's worst moments. So pop on over to Instagram right now and just shoot me a DM with the word shift and I'll send you a personal link to download that bundle right away. Or you can head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to get access immediately. All right. Thanks for listening and I'll see you inside that free bundle and also inside the next episode.